With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from sunny Sin City, where the thunderstorms have given way from a couple of days ago to beautiful sunshine, and the people are starting to uh, to fill in here in the media headquarters as we get ready for Mayweather McGregor. Mayweather McGregor, uh, which is upcoming on pay per view on Saturday night. Uh, lots to get to. I want to get to Kevin Durant's comments about Kyrie Irving leaving Cleveland via trade but asking to be traded. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts on it as well. Then Ice Cube, of course, is one of the founders of the Big Three, which has its championship game tomorrow on Fox, will join us momentarily. But I'm predicting Waterworld. Well, I'm predicting Waterworld for our world, and I'm predicting Waterworld for tomorrow night. There is not the, the typical buzz of a Conor McGregor fight. There is not the typical buzz of a Floyd Mayweather fight. They are, as people have noted, having trouble selling tickets. A big reason is the ridiculous ticket prices that were asked for originally, which dropped substantially last night. And look, part of it is the demographics of the fan bases. Boxing fans... Elite-level boxing fans have a lot of money. MMA fans do not. MMA fans are blue-collar, hard-working, rough, tumble. It doesn't matter if you're white, 
brown, black, Asian, doesn't matter. Uh, it's in terms of, there's a financial disparity between the two. And what they've run into is the worst of all possible scenarios. They price the MMA fans who are fired up about this and think this could be a massive upset out of the market or scared them out of the market. And the boxing fans who traditionally would spend every penny to come see a championship caliber fight like the Triple G Canelo fight in a couple of, a couple of weeks don't believe that this is a legit fight. And so you can't sell the top end and you've overcharged the bottom end. And right now they're sitting on what some people estimate is as many as as much as 70% of the tickets inside the arena. There have been viewing parties canceled already in Las Vegas. Closed circuit viewing parties. If you know how it works in Las Vegas, you can't just go into any sports bar and pop in and go, hey man, I want to check out the fight. And then look over a guy's shoulder, drink a beer. Like that's not the way it works. They shut this down. It's closed. It's, it's, it's special viewing parties. You have to pay to get in. Pay to get in. Pay to drink a beer. It's it, it makes it smarter to watch it from home. Now, it's important that when you make the Waterworld reference, people understand what Waterworld was. Waterworld was a movie starring Kevin Costner. It came out in 1995. At the time, it was the most expensive film in the history of filmmaking. And at the time, and even now, it's considered one of the biggest busts in the history of filmmaking. And the truth is that Waterworld did make money. The truth is that Waterworld was not a terrible film. The truth is that Waterworld uh, was nominated for an Academy Award, uh, Best Sound Mixing. I know everybody puts together a movie like, <laughs> with Kevin Costner and spends $175 million and uses the same type of set they used two, two years later when they filmed Titanic and thinks, if we can just get Best Sound Mixing, we have made it. But the point is that Waterworld had many of the makings at the time, Kevin Costner was arguably the biggest star in Hollywood, and he bought into it. He co-produced it, much like Mayweather is producing this fight. And Mayweather is one of the biggest stars in sports. But this, to me, smells like a bust. It just does. And... I mean, like, look, the, the only conversation that boxing fans will have about this is Floyd Mayweather has always been not just about winning, but about making money. Uh, but about making money. And the best way for him to make money is for him to take a dive. If he takes a dive, then this becomes a two-fight or maybe even a trilogy. But instead, if he wins, it becomes the farce, and he walks away with a bunch of money. But it's probably the last time that we'll pony up for it. I mean, think about how long it took Kevin Costner to recover from Waterworld. Tin Cup was his next big film a couple years later. And Tin Cup kind of embodied what he was, right? He was, you know, guy, guy trying to get back on his feet. Then he did The Postman. That didn't do well. Message in a Bottle, really cheesy. I mean, you could make, make the case that it has never been the same for Kevin Costner since he made Waterworld. And after Dances with the Wolves, Dances with Wolves, they could have done anything. Dance with Wolves, The Bodyguard, JFK. He was literally the biggest thing in Hollywood. Co-produced a movie. It ended up being a massive box office flop. 
And though it made money, and this will make money, and though he went on to make another film, and Floyd Mayweather will probably fight another fight, this fight to me is Waterworld. Hotel rooms are available. Seats are available. The ticket price will come down. The arena will be full. They're going to face off in the ring. But this one stinks to high heaven. It just does. That's just what it feels like. And that's why I'm, I'm, I am concerned that this could be a bad week for UFC, considering that people don't think the fight is legitimate. The crowd will not be a predominantly Conor McGregor crowd. And then you have the John Bones Jones getting suspended for PEDs all in the matter of the same four or five days. That ain't good for business, a business that was just sold for $4 billion. And you can tell me, and, and look, th- look, this fight, much like UFC, much like boxing, it has become global. But one of the reasons it become global is because people in the United States are starting to get smarter with their money. That's actually what happened with Waterworld. Waterworld lost money, but then when they went overseas, re-airs, DVDs, etc., they end up making a coin, up, making some coin on it. And that's where this thing will make money. All right, let's get to, let's get to Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant applauded Kyrie Irving's move. He was on Bill Simmons' podcast. He said, quote, he did what he was supposed to do in Cleveland, and it's on to the next chapter. Quote, I can really appreciate what he did. He stood up for himself. He showed a lot of courage, man, because it's hard to take that kind of criticism when you just want to play ball. I feel for him. Now, that's the quote that everybody is pointing out. And that's the quote that everybody is pointing out. But I think this quote is, is really more important. Take a listen to what KD says about the real reason Kyrie wanted out. When you're around LeBron James, it's like so much that comes with that. It's like so much outside like distractions and conversations and just noise that just comes around just from being around LeBron James. And Kyrie at the point like, all right, we lost the championship. This whole season is going to be about if LeBron's going to leave or not. I'm ready for a new challenge. Like all that stuff kind of met at the pinnacle of, you know, why he wanted to leave. And it just felt like he just wanted a situation where he could just be free from all of that and just play. I mean, that's kind of what I've been telling you the whole time. Right? Like, you're in complete denial, complete denial of what it was really like to play with LeBron James if you don't think that this year would be entirely, entirely about is LeBron going to stay? Every reaction, every loss is going to be focused on LeBron James's postgame press conference, what he says to the, to the media, his body language with teammates. What's LeBron's mood? They'll track him on Twitter, on Instagram. We're already doing it. And at some point, you just say to yourself, like, I've kind of done that. And it's, it's not necessarily for jealousy, just a, a normal reality and reaction. And sure, there are some benefits that come with it. You play with an incredible player who the team is going to do whatever it takes to try and win. But that's not the only way to win a championship, and that's not the only way to be happy. It's just not. I mean, this happens in relationships every single day, right? Happens in relationships every single day. People are married to, it's like, would you want to be married to a superstar? Like, J-Lo is now dating A-Rod, right? 
And it's been, for both of them, they've obviously been married before, they have kids, and they are superstars. But for A-Rod, some of it has to be really, really good, right? Because he's no longer looked at nearly as negatively. Some of that is image rehab done by us being on, on Fox during Major League Baseball. But some of that is also, now he's with J-Lo, who's beloved. Right? They're a good-looking couple. They're both not on their first relationship, and they look to be at least somewhat in love. But more than anything, he's not the biggest star in the relationship. Now, in the short term, that may be great. And maybe in the long term, that's what he wants. Like, I'm okay just being her side piece. I've been the main attraction my whole life. On the other hand, there may come a point in time to which he's like, you know, I, I kind of liked it being about me. I kind of like doing things around my schedule. I kind of liked it when people were freaking out because I was walking in. Instead of, oh, hey, didn't you used to play baseball? Now, maybe Alex Rodriguez is a big enough face. He's also a big human being. He's like six foot four, right? So that he is, he's not, he doesn't just become arm candy for J-Lo. But the idea that it's, it's easy to be married to a superstar when you're just a star, when you're just a you know, kind of quasi-celebrity, in comparison, because that's really what Alex Rodriguez is. In the sports world, he's a star. But in the real world, oh, it pales in comparison. Like, J-Lo is a megastar. And I'm interested to see how that, if that does evolve. Much the way this relationship. Kyrie Irving is a star. LeBron James is a superstar. They are essentially, they were essentially married. And Kyrie's like, hey, it became so much about him, there is no sharing in this relationship. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. An award-winning musician, actor, producer, Ice Cube joins us on the show. What do you think of the fight? Uh, I think it's a joke. <laughs> I said it's like Waterworld, right? Yeah. Where, like at the time, Kevin Costner was the biggest thing in Hollywood. He even co-produced it, just like Mayweather's co-producing this thing. But at the end of the day... You just can't get people to buy. You can't get boxing fans to buy into its legitimacy. Yes. And they 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 know they they feel like they know a con when they see it. Is that fair? Well, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as a con, but more of a exhibition. You know, they know a exhibition when they see it, and that's what this feels like. It doesn't feel like, you know, um, much is on the line. You know, I know people saying this is boxing. Versus MMA, but trust me, after this fight, both both sports is going to be fine. Trust me. So I just feel like this is just a cool exhibition. Ice Cube joining us here on the on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, not an exhibition for the Big Three Championship. Um, you have an undefeated team in Trilogy trying to complete the 10-0 sweep and have the first ever Big Three crown. If you could go back and change one thing about this season or about the league in the ramp-up, you've completed it, it's been a success, it's coming back to Fox Sports 1 next year, but you could change one thing, and you can actually, what would it be? Maybe announcing earlier. You know, we, we announced the league at a press conference in, like, January 11th, and that doesn't give you much time to get up to speed and get this league going. Uh, even though we did a lot behind the scenes, you're really not, you know, out there until you make it public, you know, because what we do behind the scenes, nobody was seeing. So we just got off to a late start, and it hurt us. It hurt us with our deals. It hurt us um, with our sponsors because everybody was like, yo, 
We already spent this, the summer money. Right. We've already booked the summer programming. You guys are late. Want to do it next year? We was like, no, we have to go this year. So that's one thing I would change, that we would start maybe in October of 2016, come out 2017. So it just put us behind the ball. All right, there's people mentioning Kobe. There's people mentioning Kevin Garnett for, for season two. What's, what's realistic? Like, and, look, I know you're going to shoot, you know, for, for the stars. What's realistic in terms of the guys that you think you can get in your league as people have bought into it's round, it's real, and it's got staying power? You know, I'm, I'm hoping Paul Pierce was sincere when he said he wanted to be a part of it, uh, Big Baby Davis. Um, but there's people I've been looking at, like Gilbert Arenas. Um, you know, I would love to get Rip Hamilton and Tayshawn Prince. And, you know, it's like KG is, you know, um, is a dream. So these guys are out there. Hopefully they get the itch. Hopefully they want to play with their peers again and gives, give the big three a shot. One of the things about the big three, and we talked with Kenny Martin about it, was like, hey, you know, you got to give up. You got to give up your summers, in, yeah, your summer, summer weekends. Yes. Would, would you make any exceptions for a Kobe? Like, hey, Kobe, just come play in L.A. You just, I mean, you can play in the championship. Would you make an exception? Everybody else has had to sign up for the full term. Um, I don't know if I would make that exception, uh, but – you know, you never say never. We're trying to grow the league. You know, we, we don't want to be rigid. We think we need to be uh, fluid and be able to make decisions that's smart for the league. So, of course, that's not ideal. But when we did, when we signed people on this year, you know, they, they were saying, Cube, you know, you caught, caught me off guard. I, I have commitments. So, you know, Chauncey Billups, he didn't play the whole season because he had a few commitments here and there. So we understand that. And if you let us know early enough, you know, one or two is, is not, not bad, but it, you're talking about you're going to miss six, seven games. It's probably not worth you playing. Ice Cube joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Big three is tomorrow on Fox, not Fox Sports 1. It's on Fox Live, 1.30 Pacific time. We call it Big Fox. Big Fox on uh, 4.30 East Coast time. Um, you said something which I thought was really, really smart yesterday. And forgive me because I know you've been promoting it on a bunch. I don't remember what show it was on. But somebody was asking about Kaepernick, and you're like, look, forget about the Kaepernick thing. It's taken away from police brutality and how, and how we, we need to uh, – th that's what this is kind of all about. Yes. All right, so I'm a sports fan. I'm watching. I know I, I'm anti-police brutality. Why wouldn't you be, right? Yes. Okay, so if, if they came to you and said, Ice Cube, how do we fix, how do we fix the problem? Because we point, enough athletes are now pointing out that this is a problem. How do you begin the process of fixing the problem? I think the first thing they need to do is make police officers go to mandatory therapy. Mandatory. Not, I'm feeling funny, I need to talk to somebody. Every week, you got to go talk to somebody. Every week, you need to go tell somebody what's on your mind when it comes to the job. You don't write nothing down, so there's no record. Nobody's going to hold this against you. But every week, you need to go talk to somebody. I think that would would relieve a lot of tension because we got a lot of officers that bottle up everything because they want to be tough. They don't want nobody to think they're losing it. They don't want their partner to think they're going soft. So they keep a lot of stuff bottled up. Sometimes it comes out in the, in the craziest way. So there's I also, think that's there, one thing we could do. There's also, I mean, a substantial, got to be a substantial amount of fear, right? Yes. Like, like, let's just be honest. With the job, you don't, you know how people, some people will perceive you. 
Plus, you walk into an environment, you don't know who's packing, who's not packing. You don't yep. know. You pull a guy over, you may just want to, you know, write a fix-it ticket, and you don't know what you're walking up on. That, and any human being can act like a tough guy, would have fear, and yes. so you might you might act differently than you'd act as a human being. I think, well, look, mental health care is super important for everybody. Without a doubt. And pointing out for police officers, that'd be a great step. Um, all right, then what's step two? Step two is, you know, really... You know, creating an environment, I think, where, you know, good cops can weed out the bad guys. You know, I think, you know, it's a thing where, you know, you get some of these guys that's running law enforcement. It's like having a team, you know. You might want uh, Ron Artest on your team if he's your teammate. But if he's not your teammate, you might not want him, you know, uh, D'ing you up so bad. So I think some of the guys say, Yo, I'm glad this guy's on my team. He might be a bad cop, but I'm glad he's on our team. I think that we got to lose that mentality. I, bad cops need to be off the force. Ice Cube joining us. Uh, you mentioned Ron Artest. I don't know if you saw this. He signed up for Master P's trying to start a league, which is a wow. co-ed basketball league. Oh, it's co-ed pretty, basketball league. Wow, we'll see. It's pretty uh, interesting. But uh, that that makes you that uh, that makes you kind of. You're, you guys are trailblazers, right? Now you've shown that a league can survive that's different than the NBA. Now he wants he signs up Ron Artest, and I would guess former WNBA players as well, and you get a co-ed basketball league. Hey, you know, let's see what it do. You know, I'll be interested to see uh, how it works. Um, you know, I ain't going to put nothing past Master P. You know, he smart. That brain is always going. So, yeah, let's check it out see what he got. Ice Cube joining us here on, on uh, the Doug Gottlieb Show. I grew up in Southern California, and I just listened to your music. Uh, and thanks to you guys and to, to some of the stuff going on in South Central, we couldn't wear Raiders hats. <laughs> they didn't get the Raiders back. They got the Rams. They got the Chargers. Is there any way the Rams and the Chargers, they're trying this fight for L.A. Can they ever win L.A., or is that always going to be a Raiders town? I think the Rams can try. You know, with success, you never know. You know, with a Super Bowl championship, you never know how the city is going to react. But – you know, it feels like a Raider town. I don't think the Chargers got a chance. I don't know what they were thinking, uh, bringing the Chargers to L.A. Um, I didn't know what choice they had, though. They couldn't get a stadium built in San Diego. Yes, they could. They couldn't get it done. They, they could. They wanted their stadium to be downtown, which was more money than, you know, just tearing up the stadium where it is and rebuilding right there. They didn't want to do it. They could have did that. Cause it, but it was you only occupy. Let me give you. Let me give you the other side to it. All right. And this is now you're running not only your own your your movie business and the record business, but also uh, uh, with the big three. They're only going to play in that place ten times a year, right? Mm-hmm. That that's that stadium. If it was downtown, would have given that city Final Four, Super Bowl, multiple bowl games because it would have been a dome, so you could have bas- you know the basketball events in there. Would have given them everything. Would have given them a chance at an NBA team if it's built right as well. Instead, people said build it at the exact same place, which that's not the trend in stadiums. Everybody wants it built in a central location, just like at Petco. It would have made more financial sense for the city of San Diego to be there, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm pretty sure that it was better for everybody if the stadium was right there downtown. And I think you know, they asked the city to, to chip in, and the city said no. I think that's when the NFL should step in. The NFL makes trillions of but billions uh, each year, and they can, uh, you know, put the money in to keep teams where they're at. I think that would have been better than what they're going to get. What they're going to get in L.A. 
is a lukewarm reception. Yep. And, you know, you want a lukewarm reception or do you want to spend some extra money and build a stadium where you know you're going to have 20, 30-year fan base uh, enjoying the stadium. Will the uh, Big Three Championship, is the plan to always be here in Vegas, the championship to be here, or move it around? What, what's, what's, what, what are your thoughts on that? What's great about the Big Three is we can be anywhere. And, um, you know, we want to take basketball to places that, that don't have a pro team, that might want to see, you know, 48 of your favorite players, you know, get together and do their thing. So, you know, what's great is that we're flexible. You know, we'd love to come back to Vegas. Uh, and, you know, you never know, but it's not it's not the final destination each year. If you're headed to Sin City, it's at MGM Grand Gardens, and there's the third-place game, which is going to be streamed live at, uh, at noon mm. uh, Pacific Coast time, 3 o'clock East Coast time. Of course, the championship is on Big Fox. That's at 4.30 East Coast time, 1.30 local time. Tickets are available, 20 bucks. If you've ever been, I've, I've been with my family. If you've ever been, it's awesome. The kids love it. The players are right there. Uh, there's a great fan interaction. There's always a musical guest as well. You just kind of feel like you're part of something special. It has been a stunning success. Ice Cube, I can't thank you enough for joining us and for what you've done with the Big Three. Thanks, Doug. You know, it's really been a pleasure, you know, bringing the Big Three this summer to the fans, and we, we plan to keep it going. Doors open at 11, so come on through and hang out. Ice Cube joining us here on the, on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Kevin Costner was the biggest uh, movie star on earth, on the, on the planet, right? If you kind of go back, Dances with the Wolves preceded it. Uh, there was some other movies. Some of, uh, all I of saw his, that one. Um, Bull Durham preceded that I, one. I didn't like that. You didn't like Bull Durham? I did not like Bull Durham. How, how does somebody in the world of sports? I love sports movies. I just didn't like Bull Durham. Wow. I didn't like that Field of Dreams one either. I, didn't, I wasn't a big Field of Dreams guy. I know that's sacrilegious to a lot of people. I didn't. And the the I, corn's I, talking or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, Kevin Costner is the biggest uh, biggest movie star on earth. He co-produces this movie, and it's set in the future. Polar ice caps melt, and um, they spent more money than had ever been spent in a movie. 175 million at the time, and they they end up making money. You know, when it went overseas and DVDs or whatever, but by and large, it was a flop. It was, uh, it was nominated for like one Academy Award, but like best sound, really. Not really <laughs> what you're kind of looking for. And it's synonymous with kind of overspending based upon the hype of, Got it. of one actor. The, the spend to hype ratio? Yeah. Okay. And I kind of think that's what we have here. Like Mayweather and McGregor, we've seen these Mayweather fights. They're not good. He's genius because he keeps getting guys that can't beat him. And now he's got a guy that has, has never been in a professional boxing match before. But he's got the hype up because McGregor is so beloved by his fan base. And there's the, there's the, the boxing versus MMA, MMA looking for respect, boxing not really respecting the true craft and art of it. And at the end of the day, I feel like you, you can't fool sports fans, especially boxing fans. You can't fool them. There's not the normal hype of a Vegas super fight. It still can't sell the tickets. And the, the pay-per-view is going to struggle. Well, Doug, it's because everyone's focused on the Big Three championship tomorrow. But it's I see. I think Vegas is, Vegas is buzzing about the Big Three. Look, you know, you hit the nail on the head vis-a-vis -vis the fight. It'll be interesting to see how those pay-per-view numbers ultimately come in and um, how strong they are. I'm not your girl to talk fight economics. Um, it's really not my cup of tea. It's not my strong suit in terms of the economics of it. But it'll be interesting to see how those pay-per-view... Pay 
pay-per-view. Yeah, thank you. That's the word. How those numbers. Red River out. rivalry always gives me always gives me difficulty, uh, but I say it because I think it bleeds into the big three. Because remember, you guys were supposed to be at night that uh, at night said you moved it up to me on Fox at 4:30. On Big Fox East Coast time, 1.30 local time. Can I add one thing to that? Yeah. We've got two games tomorrow, so the championship, you're absolutely right, is going to be on Big Fox at 1.30. But prior to that, at noon, we've got Team 3 playing Team 4 as opposed to 1 versus 2 in the championship. Fox is doing some really, really just, let me use my word, neato things with that in terms of putting it across a lot of social media outlets and um, there's going to be both the game broadcast on social media as well as a lot of sideline fun and stuff so you guys are doing great things with both of our games yeah it's gonna be really cool i know they're, they're doing some drone shots today with uh, uh, uh ice cube is going over to the you know the sign uh, graveyard do you know what that is that there's um, a neon sign graveyard in las vegas that, that they use sometimes on different movie shoots. I did not know about that until yesterday when we were in a meeting with your Fox compatriots, and now I know about it. Yeah, it's 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 going to be going to be very cool. And again, that's uh, on Big Fox. You'll see it at at 1:30 Pacific Coast time, 4:30 East Coast time. Uh, online, you can check out the three versus four matchup. Um, yeah, I I I just I think it would have been an unbelievable ramp up had there been a had this been a better card, had this been a better fight. Instead. First, they, they, they outpriced the market, right? They didn't realize that boxing fans have the money. They'll pay the premium seats, whereas UFC fans that actually have the energy for this fight, they're from a lower socioeconomic range, and they just they got priced out. And so they got scared away. They all are going to buy it on pay-per-view. I think it, it, it'll end up making money much like Waterworld made money, but it's not going to be what Titanic was that spent more money and was made only two years after Waterworld. Interesting. And again, I don't, I don't know, um, but you raise a heck of an interesting point about possible mixed marketing. It's interesting. Um, okay, the marketing of the big three. Uh, you, you came in to a league to which I think people want to dip their toe in the water and say, will people want basketball outside of the NBA but the tie to NBA players? Uh, what has it been like in the search for legitimacy? Because I feel like as a fan and a consumer... I was cautious, maybe cautiously optimistic, and I was really pleasantly surprised at the quality of play, quality of, of, of the production, frankly, for my company, but also uh, the fan response in yeah. that, you know, like, I didn't know how it'd be week two, and I thought week two was better than week one, and week three was better than week two, and I thought it got better. What's your perspective on well, it? Well, I, I agree with you. I think we've gotten better every week, and I don't think that's a surprise. This league was the uh, dream and vision of Ice Cube and Jeff Quantinitz. They announced it in roughly January, and tip-off, and by the way, it's taken me several months. I joined the league in late April, and for the first three months, I kept saying kickoff, and everybody would roll their eyes and say, no, 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 I mean, it's tip-off. Um, you know, tip-off was not too long after they announced the league, so it's not surprising that we're getting stronger every single week. What impressed me the most from the moment I joined the league is the level of competition that these players are bringing to the game. Uh, as I said, I joined in late April. We had a practice game in Long Beach. I think it was late May. Uh, and, and this was a practice game that we did in conjunction with Fox so we could work out broadcast issues. The players that came for a practice game, and Gary Payton, with whom I really do need to have a trash-talking competition because I know I can take him. Um, he was coaching that practice game. 
these men are here to compete. They are here to win, and it is ferocious competition, and it is good basketball. It's also a lot of fun. Yep. You don't know on a given game day who's going to pop up and entertain the crowd, whether it's going to be fabulous or whether it's going to be Snoop or whether it's going to be someone else. It's a wonderful mix of basketball, real competitive basketball with men who, I'll quote my friend, you play the game to win. And it's also a lot of fun and entertainment. And we've gone out of our way to make it family friendly. You know, tomorrow, as with every game, if you're 13 or under and you come with a responsible adult, you're in for free. And our players and coaches are interacting and signing autographs with the fans during the games. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's an incredible fan event. My friends have gone. I've taken my family. It's it's outstanding. Okay, so let me let me get back into your wheelhouse in running an NFL franchise. A lot of talk about Kaepernick. And Shad Khan's like, yeah, sure, I'd love to, love to sign him. He's the owner of the Jaguars, but it's up to the football people. You've been in those rooms. Um, how much to say does a CEO have? How, how, how important is it in terms of a sponsor calls and says, hey, I've had a box at your stadium for 20 years. You know, I, I, I don't want that guy on your I'm, – I'm pulling everything if you sign Colin Kaepernick. How much of that – uh, plays a part in the decision to sign or not sign a player? Not looking to punt on the question. The answer is it depends, and I'll tell you why I answer that way. There are 32 owners in the NFL, and each of those owners is going to handle those issues differently. I will tell you right now, Al Davis made his football decisions without any regard whatsoever to impact it would have on anything but his view of the impact on the team and the ability to win. His view, and people didn't always agree with his decisions, sure. but I can tell you, irrespective of whether you agreed with his fundamental decisions as to the team, all of those decisions were simply born of, will this help our team? There are other owners who are looking at the marketing issues and the PR issues and the other issues of that nature. So, Doug, it really depends. Um, you know, Shad Khan came to this country from another one, has made a spectacular, spectacular success for himself. Um, you know, every single one of us sitting here is an immigrant. He has a loud, important voice in this. We'll see what his team does. I, I the, the it depends thing is great. Here's how I how I positioned it. And as a guy who never made the NBA, I knew in order to make it, all the stars had to align, right? Uh, I was with the Lakers several times. They ran the triangle. I wasn't a triangle guy. I just wasn't. And uh, Phil Jackson as a coach was somebody he liked bigger guards. If you weren't a triangle, he wanted somebody who's bigger so you could switch all positions. For Colin Kaepernick, he has to find a coach that values the way he plays quarterback, which is is unique in comparison to the traditional dropback passer. He has to find a city which would be accepting of him and an owner and a front office that that is comfortable in their own skin. I mean, I, I talked to a, a GM who told me, like, hey, the problem ain't hiring Colin Kaepernick and put him as your backup. The problem is, what if your starter doesn't play well? You know, because people in the locker room are like Colin Kaepernick, going to like him. People outside are going to like him. What if your starting quarterback doesn't play well? Is there a push to start him? Or what if he's not any good and you decide to cut him? Now are people going to think you cut him because of the distraction and then you could well, lose part of your locker room? Well, and, and by the way, that's similar to the Michael Sam issue when he was cut. 
Um, you know, I have two answers to that. You, you just used a word that made me crazy for almost 30 years in the NFL, which is when coach would, a coach would use the word distraction. I am not exaggerating when I tell you that on a flight home from a game, we had a coach who just had a hissy fit at 34,000 feet in the air going crazy because we didn't have the right kind of candy bars on the airplane and he labeled that a distraction and you know my response to him was several fold which is you know if you think that's a distraction we have an issue because what do we tell kids all the time don't let anything distract you do your homework don't pay attention to that don't let that distract you do your homework you're the coach it's your a good coach does not let things distract him. And by the way, what was it we were supposed to do at 34,000 feet was, in the air was, anyway? Was that after the Super Bowl year? Because after the Super Bowl year, the Raiders appeared to be plenty distracted. Yeah. Before the but Super you Bowl know, year, you know. It was well not. before, well before. But I will say this, the whole concept of distraction, you know what, if you're a good coach, you don't let things distract your team. That's like number that, one. Yeah, look, that, it sounds great. The reality of it, you want we distraction. You think Bill, you think it, Bill Belichick lets anything distract him? No, but do you think Bill Belichick would, would sign him as a as a backup? I, I don't know. I think the answer is probably not. I'm and not would, sure about and, that. And what they would say is it's now the great thing yeah. about him is he has Tom Brady, so there's no question who the starting quarterback is. There's just not. Um, but uh, somebody else, you know, like look if you're Joe Flacco in Baltimore and he has a bad back, I, I can tell you. Um, with pretty good certainty that Joe Flacco, when they when they start talking about bringing in Colin Kaepernick, he's, I don't want that. Because if but, Flacco plays poorly, those same people who push for him to, to get a job are going to be the same people who push for him to start. You're not starting him. Flacco's not good. Why, why can't Colin Kaepernick be the starter? Well, what bothers me in a lot of this discussion is that there's not a lot of intellectual honesty um, with some of the comments that I have read, which is, you know, you're an owner of a team, and for the, you know, I'm gesturing with my hands as if your listeners can hear me point or see me pointing at you when they can't. Um, I do want to remind them, though, that I was not alive in 1923. It, look, we've seen backups signed all this offseason that can't hold a candle to Colin in terms of skill. What I find, um, you know, what was that great Chad Johnson expression? Child, please. Um, don't tell me that he's not being signed simply for X's and O's and football reasons. You're right. And I'm not saying you shouldn't tell me that because you're not saying that. You're saying people are not signing him for other reasons. What I bristle at is when people tell me the only reason he's not signed is because he can't play. Have you seen some of the guys that have been signed this offseason? No, no, no question. I also think there's we got to be reasonable. And no one, I, we don't know if anybody's offered him a contract, but do you offer Colin Kaepernick a backup you know, a backup salary, does he want that? Because the one team he went and visited was Seattle, and they said, we think he's a starter, which kind of translated to, to me as he wanted starter money. But I don't know that, and I'm not going to speculate on right. that. Um, it's it's a fascinating issue. It's a, it's a fascinating issue. Amy Trask, again, another great conversation. I don't know if it raised, it, it, it rose to the level of intellectual challenge that you desire, but I, 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 certainly, enjoy, I certainly enjoy it. The big, big three is tomorrow at 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific on Big Fox. And if you would like to join us at the game, we'd love to have you as our guest, Doug. I have, I have my tickets already. I actually have. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm going. I have. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Mike Dempsey works for 1010XL in Jacksonville. He asked Shad Khan if he would sign off on the signing of Colin Kaepernick. If that's what football people want. Shad Khan said, 
Absolutely. Shad Khan is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you watch the Jacksonville Jaguars, was it last night? I've watched a lot of preseason football. If you watch the Jaguars last night, they still, Blake Bortles made some good plays, and he made some not so good plays. Chad Henney was fine. He was Chad Henney. He's a backup quarterback who might have to start. No one has still won the Jacksonville Jaguars starting job. And, I like, look, I don't think it's crazy to take a look at Kaepernick anyway just because the Jaguars appear to be playing for next year at the quarterback position, and you can sign Kaepernick to a one-year deal. But remember, their head, their head coach is new. It's Doug Marone. But he's also a quarterback guy. His boss and the guy who's really making decisions there is Tom Coughlin. So Coughlin holds his own opinion, one on Kaepernick, two on distractions, and three, maybe most importantly, on the style of quarterback he wants. Now, he may have to relent and bring in Kaepernick because he's the best available, but uh, I, I, I think that I think that Shad Khan saying I'd sign him isn't groundbreaking news. I think that a lot of planets have to align in order for Kaepernick to find the right spot. Right? Like Greg Roman obviously wasn't that into it in Baltimore, and Joe Flacco probably wasn't that into it, and the city probably wasn't that into it. Miami definitely wasn't that into him, and the quarterback, it didn't fit. Adam Gase had worked with Jay Cutler before. Cutler looked pretty good throwing the ball downfield when he held on to it, fumbled twice last night. But the, the bigger and more important, you, you have to have, when you're, at, when you're trying to make a roster, and I can tell you this from my days in trying to make an NBA roster, and of course Colin Kaepernick has a better resume than me, but Colin Kaepernick is looking for a job and all of these teams already have three guys, four guys at his position. They got to cut a couple back. So in order, when you're trying to make a league, the stars have to align. Like Tex Winter, my dad coached with Tex Winter. He was an assistant at Long Beach State. So Tex got me in with the Lakers three different times. And the coaching staff liked me, but they ran triangle, which obviously was Tex Winter's offense. The triangle was not good for the way I play. I was a pick and roll creative point guard that was not tell me who that where that position exists with the bulls or with the lakers when tex was implementing the offense it didn't the stars just didn't align they kept mike pemberthy one year and joe crispin another and so i point that out because does that mean jay cutler is absolutely i think jay cutler is better than kaepernick but he's also a much better fit for that offense does that mean that that he's not that he couldn't be as good as chad henney or as Blake Bortles, maybe, but they are pot committed with Blake Bortles as quarterback. And Henny is a solid backup, and he's more what Tom Coughlin has always been accustomed to, traditional play-action drop-back passer. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. 
Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.